Welcome to Game On, the weekly football podcast bringing together seasoned professionals, the male star football writers and a celebrity fan or two. I'm your host, Mark Pugach. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Game On on video. Hello, welcome to Game On. I'm Mark Pugach. Welcome to our weekly football chat show from Mail Plus. So Manchester United had it pretty easy in the Europa League last night. They should be through to the semi-finals. But Arsenal pegged back by a last gas goal from Slavia Prague. It means Arsenal's progress far from certain and Mikel Arteta's job on the line as well. Joining us to discuss all this, we've got Chris Sutton, who played for Chelsea, Celtic and England, Jamie Redknapp, the former Liverpool, Tottenham and England midfielder, and Martin Samuel, the Daily Mail's chief sports writer. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all well. Lots to talk about this week, particularly after what's happened in Europe. Let's start with last night. Jamie, I know you're a keen golfer, so I've been thinking about this question and you'll be watching the Masters and you'll be looking at the players trying to read the lie on the green. So will you please read the lie amongst the Arsenal players in their dressing room right now? Because no club goes from, oh, they're doing better to absolute crisis like they do. And last night, to give away a goal with practically the last action of the game was, was almost beyond comprehension. How do you read the lie in the Arsenal dressing room? Well, they're in the rough, I'd say. They're in the rough, but it's a, it's a lie that they can get out of and still get onto the green. And I don't think it's... Uh, we've all watched Arsenal lately and we don't quite know what we're going to get out of them. Inconsistency all the time. Um, but they're, in, they're still in a position where they could, they could turn this tie and, and win it. Of course, it's devastating to, to lose a you know, last-minute uh, goal to a... Uh, and give a team an opportunity to believe. But I still think with this Arsenal team, they can go there and, and, and get a result and still get the win. I wouldn't bet on it by any stretch of the imagination. But they've got the players, they've got the quality when they decide to turn it on. And that's what it feels like with Arsenal. There are times where they look a decent side and there's other times where they look absolutely awful. And I watched them the other day and, and I think it was after the Liverpool game, I described them as putrid. And I wouldn't have, you know, I think that was the word that summed them up from top to bottom. They were absolutely awful. Lacking leaders, responsibility, not good enough. But they've still got enough players in that dressing room to believe that they can turn it around. I wouldn't say they're in they're Justin Rose right now, but there'd be more probably <laughs> Dustin Johnson at two over thinking up he's still got a chance. I like it, Jamie. Very good. But do they, Chris, do they do do they look to you, the players, as if they believe in Arteta? Uh it's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um Look, I, th- I think with with regards to the game last night, I think that they certainly in the first half were suffering a hangover from the Liverpool result. Uh, but but they had the big chances in the game, didn't they? Saka first half, you look at the second half, Lacazette uh, going through. Uh, it was I quite liked the call that he left Aubameyang out. Uh, was it a brave call? I don't know. I thought it was the right call. I think Aubameyang this season just hasn't performed for him. And, and, and Saka and the young gun Smith-Rowe have, have bailed him out in, uh, in many respects. Uh, I do wonder the implications if they lose in Prague next week. And Slavia Prague are unbeaten uh, at home all season. The pitch isn't the best, you know, as it was at the Emirates last night. And clearly the Premier League position is, is awful. What, 10th place, 10 points off West Ham in fourth place. Uh, Arsenal, you know, if they finish in 10th, go out of the Europa League, I think that his future will 
hang in the balance if it's not already. I think he's in big trouble if they lose next week. Hmm. Martin, how do you read it? Because the, the, the reality is, with any of our big clubs, whether you think they're a big six or seven or eight, it doesn't matter. You know, the manager's position is always a source of great interest. And a club like Arsenal, which have been so stable for so long, arguably, like Manchester United after Sir Alex Ferguson left, even more interest on how the successors do. I don't know what, I've never quite understood what Arsenal expected out of uh, Mikel Arteta. Because just because you're Pep Guardiola's assistant, um, and I think I might have said this on, on here before, I mean, Pep Guardiola's got money. Pep Guardiola's got, is a fantastic coach, but he's also a coach that is well supported with money. Arteta is is not well supported with money, uh, not at the not at the level that um, Arsenal would like to compete at, not by comparison to the other Premier League, some of the other Premier League teams. So, the only way forward for Arsenal, they've actually got good young players, uh, and it's going to take a few years. And and I mean, you might be hanging around, you know, sixth and seventh place for a couple of years or whatever, but they have got good young players, and, and not just just good young players that are at the team. I mean, you look at. Joe Willick at, um, at um, Newcastle. I mean, he's about one of, one of the few players up there that's actually made an impression in the last few months. Um, you know, Smith Rowe is a good player. Sucker is a good player. Um, they, 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 you know, and then guys that they've bought that are, are quite young, like Kieran Turney, you know, there is, there is the nucleus of a, a, a half-decent team there in a few years' time. But it's just a question of whether Arsenal can be patient as a, as a club and as a, a group of supporters and as a board and, and let Arteta get there. Martin, will they accept, you, you said uh, finishing around six or seventh the next however many couple seasons. A se- couple of seasons while, yeah. the, while the kids get there, basically, you know. But, but will the Arsenal fans accept that? So, you know, look, that... that... <laughs> Again, that's up to them, isn't it? I mean, if you look at what George Graham did, uh, when George Graham went in, in there, um, he, he put a lot of faith in young players. And one of the reasons he did it is, he's, he's quite a smart guy, George. One of the guy, reasons he did it is he wanted to get the fans on his side. And all fans, in his rationalisation, are excited by young players, by being, I saw his debut, I, you know, I, I saw his first season at the club, I told everyone what a good player he was. They're excited by that whole thing. Are they the same fans now? Martin alluded to it. Because you've worked with Pep Guardiola, doesn't make you doesn't mean you be a great manager. Chris has probably done it like I have. I've worked with plenty of number twos. And you think, well, they, they talk about wanting to be a manager, but you know full well it doesn't work like that. It's very easy when you're a number two and you could be everybody's mate. Actually, when you become the manager and it's all on you, that's when the pressure starts. I think he's got money in the bank because he won an FA Cup final. Arteta, that certainly helps him because otherwise now, I think he'd be under a lot more pressure than he is. You know, the fact that he, you know, he works with Pep, I think he plays a different style of football to Pep as yeah. well. I think he's a bit more negative. He plays more of a defensive two in midfield. Pep very rarely plays with a two. He normally plays with a one and a two. He'll play with Fernandinho and then the two ahead of him. And I know you can say well, they're better players, but it's still more of an attacking philosophy. Whereas I do think sometimes with Mikel Arteta, he, he's a little bit more negative in his tactics. That can frustrate the fans as well. I think it's a, like Chris said there, this is such an interesting last few games of the season. It could end up with a bit of glory or it could end up in one going, well, we're no better off. What, where are we really right now? Is it Because we've got a manager that hasn't really produced the performance that we'd like Yes, he needs more money because you can't compete because all the other sides are spending a lot more money than Arsenal. But his 
I think to a certain, he was over promoted to get this job in the first place and he's done okay. But right now, the next test is can he take it to the next level? It'll be fascinating to see what happens this time next week. Of course, we'll know with Arsenal and Manchester United about Europe. On the subject of with Chris, once upon a time, we might have said that Solskjaer's overpromoted. Were they to win the Europa League and come second, which is exactly what Jose Mourinho did, would that be a fair enough season? I think it'd be a good season, even if they don't win the Europa League, which I think they they will do. Then uh, I think second place represents a good season. I think that uh, they're an improving team under the PE teacher, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and uh, and maybe that's a lesson for for Arsenal and uh, you know the hierarchy to just to, to stick with Arteta and nurture the uh, the young players. I think that uh, you know you look at the the mess which he had to take over, and it was a considerable mess the way that he's brought young players into the team, the way that they have improved. I think he's done a really good job. Uh, I do think that uh, that it would be helpful to round it off with a trophy, though, and that's one thing which has been missing. Now, the Europa League clearly isn't the Champions League, but it's still uh, a big trophy for, for him to win, and that would you know, maybe kickstart a run of trophies. But I think Manchester United are still looking up at City and thinking... You know, they're the team to catch and we've still got a hell of a lot of work to do to get to that level. But it's been a good season. Jamie, before I ask this question, massive disparity in opponent, huge. But still a big, but still was that a worrying disparity in performance from Liverpool between the Arsenal game and then the Champions League game against Real? Yeah, it was. But I'm, I certainly wasn't surprised by that, Mark. I think that they they show what they are right now. They're a team that's really struggling, lacking leaders and found, and played against the side. I know they had their problems as well. They had their problems at the, in defence, so they could look at it all. So you had yours, so did we. But I don't, I, I don't trust those two centre-backs for one minute. I mean, not many teams in the Premier League would take that as a partnership, let alone Liverpool, especially what they've had in, in, over the last 18 months. And it's not an excuse anymore. It's, they're just facts. Um, and I just think that there was one of those performances that I was not surprised by at all. I didn't go into that game thinking, oh, Liverpool win this one. I just thought if they, if they can find a way to get a result. Now, if this game was 3-1 and they had the cop behind them in the, in the second leg, Liverpool could turn it around. We all know that. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult for them now because it's it's a team that's, con- that's so controlled uh, in Real Madrid. They've got, obviously, so much pedigree and history in this tournament. But it's not one that they can't overcome. They can still win this. But I, I am not surprised one bit. When I see that the level that Liverpool played out over the last few years. I mean, and they beat Arsenal. I mean, and it's not difficult to beat Arsenal right now. Mm. So I wasn't really too surprised by that Real Madrid result at all. And Jamie, what about Trent Alexander-Arnold? I mean, I was really interested because obviously I do the England matches for ITV. I was really interested about how much chatter there was about his omission, only because England have got so many options at right back. I just thought, well, he's not played very well this season. And there are a lot of other right backs who played a lot better. Am I missing something? No, he hasn't played well. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a, obviously a big fan of his last year. We were talking about the best right back in the world. Everyone that did analysis would say the same. And he has definitely dropped his levels uh, to a to an extent that's been quite damning, really, when I look at his performances, because he's very still, you know, goes forward with so much pace and, and energy. And then he gets back. I watch him jog back into positions. I don't see an intensity about his defending. And this goes two ways. I think the biggest beneficiary from this will be Jurgen Klopp long-term. As long as Trent Alexander-Arnold looks at himself in the mirror. And the hardest thing as a player is to go, well, I'm not doing it. I've done, well, I'm sure we've been there. I don't think, you know, I'm sure that Chris was the same. There are times in your career when 
you try to blame everyone. You try to blame your teammates. He's not passing me the ball. You blame the agent. You blame the manager. But it really boils down to you. And have, am I doing well enough? Am I living right? Am I making sure that I do everything I can to be the best right back that I can be? Now, I, I don't know. Obviously, there's not a lot anyone can do off field right now. But I don't see a young man that is doing the, the things that he did last year. And I know it's not as easy because he hasn't got a right-sided centre-back like he had Gomez last year. And, and obviously, even if Virgil come his side and was, was mopping up and helping him. But he's got to get back to the basics. He's got to get back to defending well. And then the other part of your game will take care of itself. But he needs to make sure that he looks at himself in the mirror. Don't blame Gareth Southgate for leaving you out because you gave him every opportunity to leave, to leave him out because he hasn't played as well as what he can. But I stand by it. I still think he will prove, as long as he does the right things, that he is one of the best right-backs in the world. He's a better, he's better right-back than Reese James. People talk to him say, oh, Reese James is a better defender. I watched Reese James make as many mistakes as what Trent Alexander-Arnold does at right-back. He's been playing the back three, which helps him of late. Obviously, with Tuchel, that's his formation. You've got Trippier. He makes a lot of mistakes to the right back. So the three of them, really, are not that trustworthy. And don't tell me Carl Walker doesn't make mistakes. They all do. So it's, a, it's who you want and what system you play. But I think that it was a brave move by Gareth Southgate. And I hope it was one just to wake him up. Um, I don't know what, what is, who he's going to pick in, in the summer, but I certainly would be nervous to, to leave out someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Let's talk about Man City, Chris. Is Are you a bit worried at 2-1? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I'm a bit worried. I, I think that Dortmund, I think we all know that they have uh, defensive issues, but, you know, boy, they've got some good attacking players, haven't they? And Manchester City over the seasons have messed up when we've least expected them to mess up. So, you know, to, to actually, when it got to 1-1 one, one to, to fulfil Foden to get that second goal, important goal, I still think they're going to do the job. But it's just, and it shouldn't work like that, but the fact that they have gone out in previous seasons, you know, to, to the likes of Lyon, who I think they were seventh in, in the French League uh, when they played them not going well, uh, that was a major shock. So I don't really believe that will be in the players or the manager's mindset. They'll just concentrate on the job in hand, take the form which they have done this season. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they will get uh, over the line. I mean, they're in a great, great position. All you would say, all you would say, yeah, no, all, all you would say is they have got to the halfway stage of the quarterfinals, having conceded two goals in, in the entire tournament. Um, there are only four other teams um, in the history of the Champions League in its current format to get this far into the competition, having only conceded two goals. Every single one of the the three before it got to the final. Uh, the other one is Chelsea this season. It's a remarkable season. Chelsea and Manchester City's record this season mm. is absolutely remarkable. It's never happened before that two teams have got this far only conceding two goals. Um, Arsenal the year they got to the final and beaten by Barcelona did it uh, Manchester United did it when they were beaten by Barcelona again in the final and Juventus did it um, when they lost to Real Madrid in the final so funnily enough everyone done it so far the losers in the final but that's what you would look at with Manchester City if you were if you were, if you were odds in them to go through the argument would be they don't really concede. So it's quite possible, even with Dortmund's great forward line, that they could go to Dortmund and and shut it down, which is a remarkable thing to say about Pep Guardiola's side, because last year it was they can't defend. 
let's finish because I want to finish with this with Martin. Martin, when Boris Johnson allows us to go abroad, will you be mm. taking your passport with you and watching West Ham United in the Champions League? Uh, no. Oh, sorry, no. sure, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I mean, everyone, you know, whenever I go on anyway, oh, are they going to get in the check? No, they're not. No, they're not. Look, Declan Rice is out for probably a month or so. Mikel Antonio is out for um, probably the uh, a month or so. You know, they've lost the two most influential players um, pretty much for the rest of the season. So uh, I would be astonished if given that they could still make the Champions League. Absolutely astonished. Uh, particularly, you know, Liverpool are coming good now. Chelsea are coming good. Tottenham don't seem to be able to get out of it, no matter what they do. You know, you look at it and they're, oh, they've drawn to Newcastle. They must be well out of it now. You look at the league table. No, they're not really. No, they're just going to win a couple of games. Big one this weekend, Martin, against Leicester, isn't it? Big one yes, against Leicester. Yeah. Very, yeah. very big. For, and, and because it will also set the marker down. You know, they, they yeah. played without Declan Rice on Monday night and they won at Wolves. So everyone was quite optimistic with that. But now... You've got the news about Antonio, and that's the one position. I mean, how they've ended up going into going past the January transfer window with a, with a, with a guy that's got such obvious uh, injury concerns as Antonio uh, as the only striker at the club, um, I think is, is is remarkable. Really, that they that they didn't get anyone in that could have that could have covered for him. Do you think um, they might regret letting the boy go to Ajax just as a heart, yeah, absolutely? Because it was mm. they did the deal when they could. Whether they thought they wouldn't get that money again, that it wasn't you know it wasn't working, and that was a good deal they thought, and they got the money. But in the end, uh, at least he was a focal point. Yeah. Um, not much of a focal point, um, you know, I must admit, but, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, you could put a traffic cone there sometimes, but I mean, the, um, but, but, but it was, it was actually something, you know, you could aim at really, you know. It like is the renaissance of David Moyes, wherever they finish, Chris, isn't it? Let's say they finish, let's say for argument's sake, they finish sixth, for argument's sake. Still the renaissance of David Moyes, isn't it? Yeah, and I feel sorry for David Moyes because he, <laughs> he hasn't had the fans in the stadium. They'll probably be same old West Ham next next season. <laughs> Back to what they were, you know, the fans not having the team at all, struggling. They had the fans in the stadium. They got beat first game at home to Newcastle, Chris. They would have burnt the place down anyway. So it's probably yeah. just as well, exactly. you know. It's... <laughs> it's, do you know what? It's about time he got a bit of credit as well. I mean, yeah. he is getting credit now, but... You know, I mean, he, he, well, he kept them up twice, didn't he? Mm. David Moyes went in, you know, hasn't spent a lot of money. The recruitment has been first class. And, and, and with, with a, you know, a pretty small squad for them to be in this position is mm. absolutely remarkable. I was just looking at their running. They haven't got a bad running, though. They've got, got a good running. running. They've got yeah. a really good running. They, they, you know, it's just the injuries. It's just, if it wasn't for the injuries, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, Martin, think Martin's Martin, like, I think Martin's been like Pep and Harland. I think he's playing it down, Jamie. I'm not. Yeah. Honestly, Martin, I'm, not playing, I'm playing it up, really. I think we'll get relegated. <laughs> West Ham didn't have a good start to the season. Lost the one game that everyone thought they were going to win, basically. And then you looked at their run afterwards and it was just all of the clubs, you know, top clubs, top clubs, top clubs. And it could have... I, I think West Ham's season could have been the polar opposite of what it has been. I agree. If they hadn't have been allowed to get themselves out of that early reversal 
um, if they if they hadn't been allowed to get themselves out of it, I think it could have been the opposite. I, I can remember Harry Bassett, Dave Bassett, saying to me once about the year that Norwich came third, um, and they were two 0 down at half time to Arsenal in the first game of the season, and I think they win four two. I got, yeah. I got taken off 15 minutes into the second half. Uh, well, uh, he was always <laughs> a clever manager, that. He was always a clever manager, that Mike Walker, I thought. And, <laughs> no, and, 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 and Dave said that um, if you look at that, that first game coming back from, the, 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 you know, from 2-0 down, if that had gone 4-0 Arsenal, he said Norwich's season could have been completely different because... Yeah. Smaller clubs is so, are so much about momentum, are so much yeah. about being allowed to, you know, get yourself going. And suddenly, I think they were they won their first three. Then didn't they, uh, Norwich, Chris? If you remember, yeah, yeah I think it was on the bench. bench. <laughs> on the dressing room, we had such we, we knew we were going to challenge that season. We were so <laughs> confident. We nearly got relegated the previous season. <laughs> we were actually favourites to go down, weren't we? But yeah, that was absolutely. such a bit, such a big deal. Terrible substitution. Yeah, uh, to, absolutely. To yeah. often put Mark Robbins on, who scored with a brilliant thirty-yard chip. Um, <laughs> but, but that, but, but you're right. It was, you know, the catalyst. All of a sudden, you know, we can go to Arsenal and beat them, and then we just went from strength to strength. That's all we've got time for this week on Game On. My thanks to Chris Sutton, to Jamie Redknapp and to Martin Samuel. Before we go, here's the political broadcaster and journalist Nick Robinson on his love of Manchester United. And for more news, views and interviews, go to mailplus.co.uk forward slash Game On. See you next week. Bye-bye. And that's it from Game On. We'll be back next week and every week via Spotify, Apple and Google. That's it from me, Mark Pugach. See you next week for more Game On. <laughs>